Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. My name is Ben Wilson, and on today's episode, we are answering a few listener questions. They are all great, and we think you will feel more encouraged by any of this week's show. Before we begin, I just want to say thank you to Deacon Textbooks for sponsoring Smiling Homeschooler. They are an amazing math curriculum, and we would encourage you to check them out. But let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Okay, well, hey, it is the, just a few days till Easter Sunday, and I don't know about you, Ben, but it feels like it always sneaks up on me. It doesn't feel like Christmas to me, where, you know, we're, we're planning the whole month from Thanksgiving to Christmas, where we think about it. Easter, I mean, sadly, is like one of those holidays, like, oh, yeah, it's Easter. In fact, I we did something tonight, you know, I read something, some stuff out of the Bible, just because... I know I was not thinking, uh, thinking that direction. Even Sunday, we uh, this past Sunday was Palm Sunday, and um, you know I was just thinking again that week prior to the time where he would die on the cross, and I just thought, you know, we, we need to think about that, talk about that. But when I announced it to the kids, I said, "Oh, we're going to do a little something after dinner," and I thought, "A little something, really? Easter, the resurrections, it gives us meaning." for what we do. I mean, it would be pointless to homeschool. It would be pointless to do a podcast. It would be pointless to do any of this because if, if it, if it just ended, you know, we of all pity of all people would be most pitied. And so, uh, that's what I said to my kids and reminded myself that, you know, this gives all that we do purpose and continues. And, uh, we have a savior who really, it should be more than just a little thing. So anyway, uh, I hope you're thinking stuff, mom, about how you might be able to point your kids um, back, not just to the meaning of Easter, but to the Savior. Um, because, you know, we want our kids, I told them how, heartbro- break, how heartbroken we would be if our children, grandchildren, or great-grandchildren weren't in heaven with us. So that really is our, our purpose for homeschooling, mm-hmm. our purpose for, for it all. If you need a little bit of help, um, we've got a couple uh, downloadable audio books that you can lo- download um, that are Easter stories. One is called The Night Jesus Took My Place in the Easter Pageant. I know that's a long title. I don't know. Ben, do you remember it? I mean, do you remember yeah. listening to it? Probably some version. Yeah, it's that a intense one. Not It's not in a way that are inappropriate for kids, but I just mean it's more, you know, it makes it feel real. Yeah. And the whole thought of it the whole was, I can remember... Uh, we were doing an Easter pageant in our church, you know, a decade and a half ago, maybe longer, no, too long, two decades ago. And I thought, you know, the part where they crucified Jesus on the cross, I thought, you know, really, I wonder if you could do a play where all of a sudden it stopped. And just as he's getting on, you know, that I should go up there and die on the cross, you know, for my sins. Um, and I thought, what would happen if, if, you know, somehow there was a pageant and this kid gets sucked into this Easter pageant, you know, not magically, but just, you know, by some craziness. And it was the real deal. And when they're about ready to crucify this kid, you know, he's down on this cross, the scene stops and Jesus taps him on the shoulder and takes his place. And then it starts back up. And that's kind of the thought behind The Night Jesus Took My Place in the Easter Pageant. And it was read by a master storyteller, Jim Hodges. Uh, You can download it. I think we sell for $3.99. It's about, somebody asked uh, today how long it was. It's about, oh, 20 minutes, maybe, maybe a hair over that, but not much. And then we have another one called Malchus. 
if you remember your Bibles well, uh, or the, the account of Jesus' crucifixion, you'll remember that uh, Malchus was the servant boy of the high priest who had his ear cut off. I mean, that's his claim to fame. He had his ear cut off, and then Jesus put it back on. Well, I kind of thought, you know, what was it like for him that day um, to have been touched by the master? And then, you know, what might the 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 beginning of the story and the end of the story? And again, it's a, a story of, of the resurrection. So uh, if you want something fun for your kids to listen to. And I think, Ben, are we having Easter over at your house this Sunday? Yeah, uh, I think so. Sunday? It seems to have just become that uh, over the last few years. Uh, we have uh, my, and we've said this before, but my brother is married to my sister-in-law, so we both married sisters basically. Uh, so you know, it just kind of works out that we often have her family, my wife's family, and then my, uh, you know, the rest of my family over, and uh, do do Easter. Hopefully, it's good weather. I don't know. It's starting to warm up here. It was pretty warm today. It's just been so windy the last uh, few few weeks really i feel like and today we were actually went out tonight and flew a kite which is kind of random but it was the kids loved it and it was you oh. know actually windy enough to do it did so, you sing the song of course of course uh, song with tuppence for <laughs> paper and string <laughs> it's classic so that's awesome that's the only that's kite awesome. song i know but it was yeah, yeah it's i think that's the only one there is yeah, I think. probably um, so no but is it hard to believe that a year ago i mean we most churches didn't have an easter service you know or they yeah. had it virtually uh that's just hard to believe that I we're it's, we're it's still hanging on to that quick. and <laughs> slow but quick in a way like i think of things i was like oh when that happened that wasn't that long ago but then i'm like well i know it was before covid so i guess it was over mm-hmm. a year ago which is just bizarre but mm-hmm. hopefully things are getting back to normal indiana's getting lifting some mandates and stuff here in just a few days so oh, happy i about cannot that, but, wait i yeah. cannot wait <laughs> i was where did i walk i was walking into somewhere and it said you know because of mandates of course i still didn't wear my mask but it will i'll be glad to see those mask signs gone and i hope they take them down um so anyways so one of the you know we thought we'd listen uh answer some listener questions we try to do this every once in a while uh every you know few uh, months or so uh, and this week we have quite a few different questions. I think like maybe four or five. Uh, but this first one is from a homeschooling mom. She has three kids, uh, and the oldest son, she says, my oldest son gets angry super easily. It's not uncommon for him to crumble in his math, uh, crumble his math page, throw a pencil and clench his fists and punch the table and say something like, I hate this. I'm so stupid. I hate this day. He has outbursts like this when we ask him to do chores as well. We've prayed for him over and over. We've gotten him to pray for himself. We've made him shovel snow when he's mad or run, a lo- run our long driveway. The rage keeps coming back, and his four-year-old brother is starting to pick up on it. Do you have any suggestions? That can be a yes. tough one. Yes. Are you talking about my kids did this? Yeah. I or know. what? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, you know, and you can put in as well, Ben. I mean, uh, uh, maybe you haven't had you, you haven't had to do any homeschool yet but all of our kids act this way i mean some worse than others or some better than others but you are not alone moms uh and and i've already uh written back the mom um but you know this could have been a letter that you wrote um whatever you're facing i hope you never ever feel like you're the only one facing this um because we have kids who who maybe it's hard and they get angry easy 
Um, and Ben, maybe you even have felt this way at times, you know, where you're just like, cause I know your mom does sometimes like, I just can't do this. You know, why am I, I'm not very good at this. And I'm like, honey, you're great at this. You know, you never tried it before. I can't do it. You know? Um, and then I think there are certain kids that, that feel that way. Um, other kids, you know, just feel like they can do everything. So whether they can or not, it doesn't even matter. Um, I was telling the story just recently about how Maggie, um, Maggie always felt like she knew everything, even if she didn't have a clue. Uh, she just, and she always made me feel stupid. Like she was right now. I was wrong. Um, but, uh, so, but you know, the thing that I was going to kind of focus in on in this, um, is, and I, t I talked to this mom or emailed this mom or message this mom. I don't know what it is. Um, was the part where, um, Sometimes, and I've heard this phrase several times, even in the last week and a half, um, whether it was in person or on some kind of uh, texting back and forth or some kind of communication back and forth. And it was this, you know, we, we prayed over our child. Um, you know, here's the deal. When you pray over your chi child, and really there's only one place that I can find in the whole Bible that were, ever, that were even told to pray over someone and that's in james chapter 5 where it says someone's sick you know that says if you know bring before the elders let them pray over him um but i know sometimes we've kind of been taught that that's kind of a formula that you know that that we can get rid of the problem that way you know like if your kid if you have a bad habit we'll pray over it and it'll maybe god will just take it away or that we can pray over this and it'll just disappear. Here's my thinking though. And Ben, you, again, you can put in here. Sometimes when we pray over our children that way, it makes them feel like they're broken. You know, like there's something wrong with me. You know, or even if I have you pray for it. It's like saying there's something wrong with you. We need to fix it. Um, you know, that was the thing. I don't know if you remember, Ben, but when we talked to Diane Kraft, she basically said, you know, your kids aren't broken. You don't have you're, you're not go, you're not trying to fix them. And she was talking about, you know, dyslexia and that what the other one was picto dyslexia or cardo dyslexia. You know, and she said, we'll just we'll just take them from where they are and move forward. And I think that's the right way to go, because I think some of our kids respond to that that brokenness and they kind of fall into that like i am stupid see i can't do this because i'm broken i'm i can't i don't understand because i'm different and i guess i want my kids i want your kids just to know that they're really right on target wherever god would have them that said um you know sometimes we say and i would i would say you know, not in the middle of it. I'd say the first thing in the morning, I'd say, hey, you know, hey, kid, um, here's what we're going to do differently today. You're no longer allowed to say, I hate this day. I hate this subject. And I am stupid. You're no longer allowed to crumple up your paper. You're no longer allowed to throw your whatever. We're not going to do that anymore. Um, you know, and I might, I might even give them one warning just because this is new. And so when they start to say it, and I would give them a consequence and say, here's the consequence. You know that thing that you really like to do? Like you get your one hour to play your video games every other day? 
Well, if you do this, you're not going to play your one hour or you're not going to play your time or you're not going to get to go do this. And then I would be consistent with it. And, you know, there are just things I think we should we tell our kids we're not going to allow. Um, I know some people who uh, who might marry into a uh, have a blended family and they'll a kid will say, well, you're not my real mom. I think a dad or a mom should say, no, you're not allowed to say that because that's not the truth. You know, I'm going to be this, that we're not going to allow these things to happen in our house. Uh, and again, you know, I think you, that's always a struggle. That's always hard, but I think we need to, to toe that line. And Ben, you've probably seen this. Um, cause you know, once you have two children, you see that your younger child begins to copy your older child. Um, cause I think, you know, for you, Ben, uh, you know, Hudson, doesn't seem like she's the same. He's the same personality as right. Renly, but I can see sometimes he sees a behavior and he right. goes, "Oh, I'm going to try that one." Totally, for sure. I mean, Hudson, yeah, he'll be. You know, if Renly goes, ah, you know, Hudson will go, ah, even though he's not that way at all. Um, right. but no, I mean, totally agree on what you said, and I mean, you gave me this advice, but you know, Renly was having a time where she would, you know, hit herself or, I mean, scream at the top of her voice and definitely like much more like me in that way where uncontrolled anger. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we said every single time you do these few things, you know, not just be angry, but like express it in these ways, you will be spanked or you will have whatever taken away or whatever it is. And we always did that. And she stopped doing it within just a few times because obviously she cared more about the other thing than, you know, acting like right. that. Um, or she just, it got through to her and she, you know, learned some self-control a little bit in that area. Obviously we still have to work with her constantly, but um, I mean, cause like, obviously you're not saying what, you know, the by broken is he's not broken. And that's like, I feel like it's important. Right. Right. right, Obviously, you know, it's not okay just because you're angry. That's just who you are. You know, it's not acceptable. I mean, Proverbs, Proverbs talks a lot about, you know, uh, children and being foolish and wise and, you know, and and control and self-control and things like that. Um, but I mean, I know I definitely struggle with that, uh, especially when I was in, you know, younger, I mean, I get it. Um, but yeah, being consistent was really important and, uh, not just like finding ways for him to different ways for him to vent it, but way teaching and trying to teach him self-control, I think is, mm-hmm. is, is and, important. And, and really by the broken part, I mean, cause sometimes even people who, and, and, you know, I, I've talked to other people who might be on a medication, you know, and really that their parents might put them on a medication. I'm not, you know, saying that's not good or whatever. But most kids will feel like I don't want to be on that because it feels like you think that this is good. There's something wrong with me and you want to correct it by having me take something or do something. And I know some kids, even older kids who, you know, when parents get so frustrated that they resort into doing something and sometimes you have to, um, but oftentimes the, the child begins to think there's something wrong with me. You think there's something wrong with right. me. And especially at a young age, there's nothing wrong with your kids. You know, that's just, that's their bent. Maybe they get angry easy and that that's, that's okay. You still aren't going to bring them to the standard, but you, you know, you, you work with them along that way. Um, and like you said, Ben, that you, 
you can sometimes see like especially the wadding up the paper and saying i'm stupid or i hate this day it really is a way to kind of control the situation don't you think i mean like for renley or hudson you know to go ah, kind of makes it feel like i can kind of control something and that one thing is like me i'm gonna control the situation by kind of acting out yeah maybe i mean that's not how i ever felt necessarily well sometimes i guess like if i was feeling dumb or embarrassed i mean that might be one way um i think it was more just i mean your passion and your feelings and emotions are just right there at all times you know so i mean it's not really like a Honestly, for me, it's not really what wasn't really a um, a thought process of like, oh, I'm going to gain control mm-hmm. of this. It was just like I just reacted, not really right, one or the right, other. Right. So if I started feeling and, dumb and or whatever else it is, right? But I didn't see a pattern like in like you know someone a, a kid who says I'm going to hold my breath, you know, yeah, and it's right. almost like I'm going to hold my breath until you feel sorry for me. Right. Well, you they wouldn't don't have let say us. that. I mean, <laughs> right? So I mean, you would have just said like you can't do that, you know. I mean, obviously that doesn't mean I didn't get frustrated and stuff, but and right. I also never felt like it ever turned into a crutch either. Uh, mm. You know, again, you know, I have I've worked with people and had friends and stuff who were on you know different things or it's been diagnosed as something or whatever else. And instead of just being like, oh, yeah, this is an area of my personality or my bent that I need to work on, uh, it's something more where they just say, well, didn't take my medication, so I'm this way or whatever else. And it's, you know, I just don't think there's very many excuses that you can, um, you know, I, I, I don't think I don't think uh, just how they are should completely <laughs> negate the reason for uh, consistency. Right, right. Um, right. So, but. That was just, you know, my thoughts because I definitely have <laughs> been that personality trait to some extent. So I don't know, out of yeah, control, yeah, hopefully, yeah. but we'll see. And so. it's just, it's just, but again, what I would like all of you to know is that you're not alone. Right. And that, you know, you just keep plugging. Mm-hmm. Your four-year-old is not going to be the same as he is when he's 30. Your eight-year-old is not going to be the same when they're 30. Your 15-year-old is not going to be the same when they're 30, you know, and we just kind of have a long view on this parenting thing. I would say also, though, if it's something where it's like, oh, when you make him take a test and he feels like he's failing and then he gets angry, then maybe change that, you know, not saying right, right, um, right. that just eliminates just eliminate everything that makes him bothered because you're never going to win that if it's just, you know, constantly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but if there's certain, something specifically where he's feeling like backed into a corner. Um, right. You know, maybe approaching it slightly different also could. That's could that's a great that. point. And maybe you even, you know, let him work on things that he succeeds at you know mm-hmm. the things that because a lot of times in school we spend most of our time doing the things we're not good at when in homeschool we should spend most of our time doing the things that we are good at right thank you to teaching textbooks um if you haven't already checked them out and if you feel like you're struggling in math time or uh you know you're having those tears then go head on over to teachingtextbooks.com. uh their their newest version their current version of teaching textbooks is version 4.0 uh, which is just incredible it works on any device has an internet browser and includes a ton of new features including the interactive sketch mode so they can literally work out the problems right within the program um, it also has a ton of fun stickers and animations it's very interactive and I learned better my siblings have learned better with it and so have thousands of homes other homeschoolers so go check them out over at teachingtextbooks.com tell them we sent you and uh, we appreciate their support 
All right, well, here is another question we have here. Um, this person said, just looking for some general homeschooling encouragement because I feel like a failure right now. I'm homeschooling five kids, um, and it sounds like they have a mixture of boys and girls all the way from 11th down to a two-year-old. Um, I can't seem to accomplish anything other than history, which we all do together, science, which we all do together, and math, which they do independently. We also do some memory work I've created that goes along with our history and science. And I read aloud a few chapters a week from a literature book. And by a few, I think I read like two and a half chapters total this past week. Writing is minimal to none. They're not reading anything on their own. No spelling. Um, my 10-year-old daughter does grammar with me, but I feel like it's pretty hit or miss. Forget my electives that I'd like to them to do. The only They only do what we had to do as a group, and not a single kid is self-motivated to do anything. And I feel like a failure because I'm not checking up on them like I should. I'm thinking that maybe this is just too hard with so many levels and a toddler, but I don't like any other alternatives that I can think of, like public school or you know private or anything like that. I know I'm being negative. What should I do? There's a lot well, there. I, you know, I, yeah, did we, I, and I was wondering if maybe we've answered this one before. I don't think so. Um, I, okay. Well, let's start no, it backwards. Don't. Let's start backwards. Um, at the end of your email, you know, you kind of mentioned, or this mom kind of mentioned that, you know, she kind of believes homeschooling is the right way. And she, she doesn't think those other, you know, public school, private school are options. Um, you know, if you start there, uh, that's not a bad place to start, you know, to say, okay, I believe these things are to be true. I believe homeschooling is the best way. That's kind of a non-negotiable right now. So I would take that off the table, you know, and say, okay, this is what I believe we're going to do. We're going to keep doing it. Now, you know, now you can kind of address those things within that. So you kind of take that out and you go, okay, so we're not going to put them in school. You know, we're not going to do that. That doesn't work anyway. Um, I agree. You know, it is hard to sometimes teach lots of different kids and different levels. Um, I would kind of group those kids together. You know, I think you mentioned that you do a lot, you, the school you do get done is all together school. Did she say that? Uh, yeah, most of it is. It seems like, Other you than know, math. that's not a bad thing. Not, that's not a bad thing. And it sounds like they're already kind of doing math. So that's, that's a good one. That's an important thing. You know, is it okay to do all that school together? I think so. You know, whether maybe it's you're reading something together. I know my kids have just started doing um, uh, whatever it's called, World Watch, or it's, uh, it's the news thing. It's about a 10-minute thing um, every day from a Christian perspective. It's awesome. Um, they just got that uh, subscription to that. And so they're, they do that together. They, might, they read together. They read a devotion together. There's nothing wrong with doing that as a family um, with all ages. You know, I do want some of my older kids to start doing things on their own. Um, but they don't have to be like super self-motivated and have to take their whole school and do it. You know, that that's, that's not necessarily the goal, even though, you know, you're going to give them more and more freedom so that when they leave, you know, that they're not sitting on your couch waiting for you to tell them to go, go to their job. Um, and so maybe for your older ones, you do say, Hey, this is what you have to do today. And, and then you kind of let that, you know, let that, the, if they don't get it done, you know, there is a natural consequence to that, you know, maybe they can't go do something or maybe they may have to do it, keep doing it until they're finished with it. Um, but if you kind of spell that out and say, Hey, you know, you could be done by noon if you just worked a little bit harder. Um, maybe they don't have anything they want to be a part of. So maybe there's not even a push to get that done. Um, again, you're not alone. You're not, you're not doing a bad job. 
you're giving your kids a good education being at home. And uh, I, I think what can short circuit that is if, you know, they're, they're not getting a lot done, but they're playing a lot of video games or just wasting their time, you know, watching TV. That can be a short circuit. I would take that out of the equation, and it's amazing what they will fill their time up with. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, Mia said, I wonder if just list- listing all that she is covering made her feel any better. She is doing a lot. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that was encouraging. But That's a good point. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it is hard because, you know, like some of the things like, oh, they haven't read any, They're not reading anything on their own. I mean, Ike the other day, he's super smart, knows a ton of stuff, you know, um, researches a lot but he said he doesn't know if he's ever read a book a full book uh <laughs> i mean right. i'm sure he has when he was really young but i believe him that he probably has never sat down and ever read a full book you know so um it is as long as they're learning somehow you know whether it's they're interested in woodworking and they're working on that or they're outside you know whatever working on a car or whatever it doesn't really matter you can fill in anything you want as long as it's something um, then they're going to be fine. I think, uh, you know, obviously if it's literally just sitting on the couch playing a game, then that is probably, there's not a spark there of, you know, they're going to even pursue the things that mm-hmm. really, uh, really are, you know, going to be needed or they're going to want, uh, if that makes sense. But, um, but I, I, I yeah, I think it could be probably tough if, you know, you're used to a certain thing or if you think, oh man, I really like reading or whatever. And none of my kids do, and I'm failing. It may just be, they're not, you know, they're not going to be as interested in something as you, as you were. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, can be, can be tough. Um, I'll see it kind answers. of is a lead into our next question. Um, it says, here's from a mom it says, I have a question. My teenage daughter is extremely creative and likely headed for something artsy as a career. Okay, that's key. Photography, culinary, interior design, floral. She's uh, ADHD, dyslexic. Her reading level's okay. Could be better, but she manages. My question is math. We're finishing 10th grade and have not yet attempted pre-algebra. Is pre-algebra even necessary? If she goes to community college or technical trade or a technical trade school, will pre-algebra be necessary? I'd rather focus on all the basics, but I don't want to have her unprepared. And she said, help, ha ha. Um, you know, there's lots of moms. I, this is like a, you know, one of those kind of questions that I have other, I can think of a mom who asked this, this two weekends ago. Um, you know, they kind of ask the question, but I think the answer is in the way they're asking the question, you know, cause really, and maybe, maybe you hear that too, Ben, it sounds like they're saying, I think this is okay. I think they're okay, but I feel all this pressure, you know? So am I really thinking, okay, or should I be doing this? And, you know, I would say to any mom who's feeling like their kids are in a, in a good spot, you know, but it doesn't, it isn't necessarily the spot that somebody else might be at. If you're feeling that they're in a good spot, then they are in a good spot. I had a mom, you know, two weeks ago say, you know, my 16 year old son, uh, wants to be an apprentice. Maybe I mentioned this. Wants to be an apprentice at a farm, you know. And I don't see where all, what the other school is going to help him. So we're done doing school. And I just thought, and she was looking to me for for affirmation, you know, like is is that okay? She goes, I haven't told any of my family. She goes, I'm not going to tell them because I know what they would say. Um, and I'm like, of course that's okay. Cause you're the mom, not because I say it's okay or anybody else says it's okay. But if you think it's okay, then it's okay. And for this mom, you know, uh, I said, do they need pre-algebra? 
I don't know if they're going to need pre-algebra, but if you don't think your daughter needs pre-algebra, then don't let them, then don't have them take pre-algebra. If you think, you know, and if somewhere along the way they decide they want to go somewhere and they need pre-algebra as a, as a prerequisite, then they'll take pre-algebra. You know, they may have take it after they graduate from high school, but that's okay. You haven't let them down. Uh, so I would just, you know, lead them in the direction they seem to be going. And don't worry about all the directions that they might go, but the one they seem to be going. You know, she, you said she's something in a career, something that's artsy or photography, you know, those things. Um, you know, it was that, that way with Sam. We knew he was going to do something with animation. So, you know, I didn't care if he took biology or any of those other things. I just didn't care because I knew he would never use it. I didn't. And, you know, what? He went that direction and he didn't have some of those things. But if he wants to take him, he can learn him now because he's super, super prepared. Are we still there, Ben? It says my yeah. internet connection is unstable. Yeah, you're fine. You you kind of jiggled a little okay. bit there, but so um, I mean, I think and someone mentioned you know maybe yeah. consumer math or something like that. If you want to keep doing any math, um, I totally agree about that. I I've yeah. heard quite a few people say, man, I just wish like. You know, I had learned a little bit about like how mortgages work or how interest works or how credit works or how to budget or how to, you know, some of those simple things that you just, you know, as you go transition from young to adult. And, you know, sometimes maybe there's a little algebra in there if you wanted it. But uh, I know we did that on one of my last couple of years and I really appreciated that. But I mean, other than that, I've never other than having to pass some college stuff, I never have used it, uh, the, the algebra related stuff since. So, uh, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, totally. But agree. really, Ben, if you wanted to learn. Yeah, something good. I mean, yeah, you, just I mean could, you just would go I learn forgot it all from you high know, school. I mean, for someone who says, well, I wish somebody would have told me. Yeah, totally. And I mean, you know, people always say like. Uh, Mia mentioned like there's so much math photography. Okay. There is math, but like, you know, a lot of what you're actually doing is just uh, people always say things like that in a lot of industries. But it's there's numbers and everything, but it's not necessarily where you're doing advanced calculations and stuff like that. As long as you know a lot of certain areas, you can do, you know, work. You're really solid in the the basics. You're going to be, I think, okay. Um, uh, what did you say though? What was the thing you just said? I don't know. I don't remember, but we've got one more uh, question here uh, from uh, someone here. She said, uh, can you offer any tips on creating boundaries for a three-year-old who is constant moving or con who is in the constant movement and constant talking season of life? I'm terrified that I'll destroy a relationship in this young age because she tends to drive me crazy. So I avoid relationship at times. I assume boundaries are healthy and I'm uh, responsible to establish those. But how well to balance her need for boundaries and restraint with her need for relationship can be stressful. Any insight you would have would be amazing. Well, I know just a little bit about this mom and I'm not going to tell you anything about her because I don't know very much about her, but it's in response to a, a talk that I just gave. Um, it was virtual. Um, it was how to choose a relationship when there's so much to do. Um, you can buy our book if you want by that same title. Um, and I think what she was saying is, because I would be a proponent and say, hey, don't forget relationship. Relationship is the most important thing. You know, if you got to choose between math and relationship, choose relationship every single time. And I know sometimes that raises ugly head and like, so do I just never teach math? Because, and I'm like, no, that's not the case. And I think that's what this mom was saying. Okay, so I have this young kid who just 
just drives me nuts because all they want is mom, 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 you know, and they get in your face and they're always in your space. Um, and I know she's feeling the pull like, well, Todd, you're saying I'm supposed to not do anything and just take care of her because she seems insatiable. Um, here's the deal. And I was, I even said this to her. I, I wonder if, and moms, you could put me to the test. I wonder if with some of our insatiable kids, if we just satiate them a little bit, you know, if we give them some real quality attention, if we would fill them up enough so maybe they wouldn't need it so often, you know, because I think what we do with those kids, we're like, no, 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 I can't right now. No, no, okay, okay, but just for a minute, you know, and then we give them a minute and then we run back out again. I wonder if we'd like an experiment, we'd say, okay, and you fold up your book and you look them in dead in the eye and they go, mom, I want to talk about this. And you, or mom, will you watch me do this? And then you just stop doing school, maybe for the morning or for an hour or for some length. And then you watch them and you do it. And they, I wonder if after that, that you, they would feel, feel like, feel like their tank was filled up and they wouldn't need so much. Um, again, I don't know, I, but I do know this too, that once you've given them some real attention relationship, then you can say, Hey, we need to get this done right now, or you're going to need to go and leave mommy alone for a few minutes. Cause I need to get this done and they'll be okay with that. But sometimes it just feels like, you know, to, for those kids who are always, you know, asking, 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 we're just constantly pushing away, constantly pushing away. And we frustrate them. I think we provoke them to anger. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've seen that with Renly is she is definitely I uh, would fill every second of every moment. But <laughs> if I uh, just go, okay, for the next hour and a half, I'm going to only do stuff with her. And then after that, I got to work on a few things. And she responds so well to that. Because uh, mm. she feels like we really interacted. And we, you know, and, and it's also good mentally for me, because I can kind of go like, okay, I know, I've interacted well with her. I've had good quality time with her. Uh, it's okay now. I got to work on something else here for a little bit, you know, yeah, so yeah. I totally agree with that. Do you want to take this last one or do you think we should call it? Uh, uh, you said the one that came in today. Yeah, let's uh, just go do, do it real quick. Okay. She, this person said, I have a friend who is new to homeschool and her husband just isn't on board. Both of them are believers. Do you have a specific podcast that should send them to listen to? I know you've, I've heard you speak to husbands pertaining to this or just being a rock to their wives who are teaching. Thanks for the guidance. Well, here's what I, I mean, we have, I don't know if there's a specific podcast. We may have talked about this, Ben, early on. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can search for it. Um, but, you know, what I would say is get your husband on board. You don't want him to be fight. You don't want to be fighting against the husband. But here's the deal. Husbands don't come into it like wives do. You know, husbands are not thinking about it. They're not planning it. All of a sudden it sprung on them and they kind of freak. They like, oh man, I wouldn't think of that. Um, and sometimes wives will say, well, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it no matter what. And so what husbands do is they just dig their heels in and then you're pulling against them. I would, you know, someone who's maybe new to it. Um, you said they're both believers. Um, I would, uh, maybe get one of our audio CDs. Um, this we believe, um, you can get it on our website. I think it's six bucks and it kind of lays out all the reasons for homeschooling and it, and I've had so many moms and dads say, you know, my husband, he listened to that and he's on board or husbands who listen to me and they say, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't for it before, but I am on board. 
Um, I would be super patient and and just allow him to kind of come to the same place you did. I will say this is my commercial for uh, homeschool conventions. I would try to get him to a homeschool convention. Like they're all happening right now. So if you've got one close to you, go to it. I know uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to do eight conventions in a row uh, every weekend for eight weeks. Um, and they're all so amazing. They're in person. They're, you know, there are some virtual ones as well. Um, but I know when you get a dad who feels isolated, like we're going to do something that, you know, like a start a cult, um, it feels really good to be in a room full of all these other guys who look nor normal and they're all laughing and you hear a speaker and it just speaks to the heart. Um, and you know, then, you know, this is from a, a friend, you know, of a friend, if you're a friend to some mom, I would also encourage them to, to, uh, listen to their husband's heart, you know, and say, Hey, you know, work at including him or work at letting him lead. And usually when a husband, you know, feels like he's leading, then he relaxes a lot. Um, so as a wife, I'd, I'd encourage her to just say, Hey, this is what I'd really like to do, you know, but if you don't want us to do it, I won't do it, but I'd really like to, you know, cause my heart just, there's not a husband out there who wouldn't go, Oh man, if it's that important to you, yeah, let's try it. Um, and maybe put that little caveat in there say, Hey, can we just try it? And I think, uh, as so many husbands have, they see that it works and they soon become proponents of it as well. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if this is the only one we've done. I believe we've talked about it in the past, but, um, episode 134, which was just a few weeks ago, we talked about it with the whole topic was about how to involve your husband in homeschooling. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you can maybe refer him to that one. Uh, but there are some past ones, so we may have to look more for that, but, uh, cool. Well, I think that's all the question says. If you want to bring it to a close, we'll okay. uh, call it a week. Well, again, uh, moms, I uh, hope you're enjoying, uh, this week and, and I would listen to your heart. You know, if your heart is telling you that you're going in the right direction, I believe that is the voice of God, not just your, not just that organ in your body, you know, that is telling you that. I had a mom uh, a weekend and a half ago, again, tell say, you know, I just don't like all the science books and my kids are watching Kratz Creatures or Wild Kratz. Is that enough? And I'm like, perfect. You know, your kids will learn probably more from that than they will in any book. Um, but she felt like it was, but she needed me somehow to encourage her in that. You don't need me. You listen to what God would have to say in your heart and you go with that and then don't worry about it. Um, so, hey, have a great weekend. Have a good Resurrection Sunday. Um, you know, again, if you have an opportunity, maybe spend a little bit of time each morning uh, reminding your children of why we do what we do. You know, again, it would be pointless to homeschool if this were all there were. And you can go in the Gospel of John, you can look at all the Gospels, and towards the end, you know, and read some of those verses, start in the triumphal entry, you know, Palm Sunday, they won't call it Palm Sunday in there. And just read a little bit every day um, until you get to the, to uh, his crucifixion and then the resurrection. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being on the team. And don't forget to smile. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully you found the questions from these homeschooling moms encouraging. If you'd like more encouragement, head on over to thesmillionhomeschooler.com for our free weekly email. 
And lastly, have a wonderful Easter week. We also would like to thank Teacher Textbooks for sponsoring this Mind Homeschooler. For a free demo of their amazing 4.0 version of their curriculum, head on over to teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling.